Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. Good morning. Hey, welcome to Mountain View Fellowship. We're so glad that you're here today. If you're joining us online, welcome. And I just want to acknowledge we got some uh, families in Lyman watching us this morning, so we're excited to have you guys tuning in as well. Guys, we're really excited today as well because we are continuing in this series entitled Atomic Habits. If you were not here last week or if you didn't hear the message last week, go back and listen to it because we set some, uh, just some foundation for this entire series that we're going to build on. So what I want to do real quick is just recap just one thing because I think it's so important for us as we move forward. Last week we talked about three layers of behavior change and they look like this. The first one is do and that is uh, the result or the goal that we set. So I'm going to start working out more this year. The next one is how and this is the systems or the processes that we put in place to make that result come about. So it could be, you know, I'm going to work out three times a week. And then last week we learned there's actually an inner circle that we many times neglect and it's who. And it's our identity. It's, it's who we are. And this was important because we said identity drives behavior. And so many times the reason we drop our New Year's resolutions is because we start from the outside and try to work in. And we challenged you last week to start with who and work your way out. And so we gave you some homework last week. And your homework literally was to sit down and write who you wanted to be. It's not who you are now, but it's who you want to be at the end of your life. Uh, when everyone uh, is, is at your funeral and they're talking about you, what do you want them to say about you? And that's how, that's how extreme we got last week. But we said, we, you need to sit down and figure out who you want to be before you can set do goals. And then we challenge you to start some small habits that reinforce who you want to be. That's where your do goals come from. What do you want to accomplish this year? It's things that are taking you in the direction that you want to go and helping you become the person that you want to be. So today, here's what I want to do. I hope that you all wrote down who you wanted to be. I hope you did that last week because today we're, we're jumping into this how part. We're, we're going to talk about how do we set habits, how do we start some habits in this new year that are going to reinforce who we want to be. Because whether you acknowledge it or not, your life is a sum total of all your habits. All these studies that are coming out right now, one of them just came out from Duke University, they all show that 40 to 50% of your life is not the result of conscious decisions, but of daily habits. As you go through the day, and many of you know this, you get up at the exact same time every day, you hit the snooze button the same amount of time, you, you have the same routine in the morning, you get in your car, you drive the same route to work, you probably eat the same thing for lunch, or, or you eat at the same places, you drive the same route home, you do the same thing in the evening, you go to bed, next morning alarm goes off and you hit repeat again, and most of it you don't even think about, you're just executing habits. 40 to 50% of your day, you're just going through the habits. If you've ever gotten home and you don't even remember your drive home, guess what? You're just executing habits. Now, this idea of, of executing habits or starting daily habits is, is nothing new. And actually, it's a biblical idea we showed you last week. 
Jesus had habits, and the Apostle Paul had habits as well. But today I want to talk about a character by the name of Daniel, because Daniel also had habits in his life. If you don't know who Daniel is, he was a young man, uh, an Israelite. He was taken captive by the Babylonians, hauled him back to Babylon. And the king at the time was so impressed with Daniel because he distinguished himself from everyone else that he would later, uh, later on make him second in command of the entire kingdom. How did Daniel distinguish himself from everyone else? In Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, it says this, But when Daniel learned that, that the law had been signed, he went home and knelt down as usual in his upstairs room with its windows open towards Jerusalem. He prayed three times a day just as he had always done, giving thanks to his God. Twice in this one verse, we see the idea of habits. Uh, he, he knelt down as usual. He prayed three times a day, just as he had always done. Daniel had daily habits of spending time with God that changed the course of his life. It was a small habit with transformative results. Now, when you think about 2021 and who you want to be, the question that I have for you today is based on who you want to be, what is one new habit you need to start this year? What's the one habit you need to start this year? And I think we can all think of a habit, but some of us, we're afraid of it because we know how hard it is, how difficult it can be to start a new habit. We've all been there, right? And I'm going to work out more. I'm going to eat better, only to give up on it in a, in a month or so. So today, here's what I want to do. I want to share with you, I think, three, uh, three things that the experts and the Bible say on how to start a new habit how we can form a new habit in our lives. And then at the end of this, I want to share with you one keystone habit, one habit that I believe if every one of us in this room started as one habit right now, our lives would be transformed. Things would be different for us at the end, not just the end of the year, but at the end of our lives. And so hopefully that's the hook that keeps you here, that you'll stay engaged for this entire message. A guy by the name of Charles Duhigg wrote a book years ago called The Power of Habits. And if you go to a conference and they're talking about habits, uh, they usually reference this book. But in this book, he actually spelled out three steps to make a habit. And he said, first of all, there's a cue. And he said, the cue is something that triggers us to do something or, or to want to do something. And then we have the response, which the response is the actual habit. It's what you do over and over again. And then at the end of that, there's a reward. The reward is something that makes it satisfying so that you want to do it again. So when, you're start, when you start talking about creating a new habit in your life, you have to start with cue. What are the triggers that get you to do certain things? So as it relates to a cue today, I want to give you th three things that we can do to start a habit in our own life and to do it very easily and quickly. And so the first thing that you have to do when it comes to starting a new habit and making it stick in your life is, number one, you have to make it obvious. You have to make it obvious. In 2001, there was a group of British researchers, and they took 248 people that said that they wanted to exercise more that year. And so they were trying to figure out, how do you help people create a habit and get it to stick? How do you do that? And so these 248 people, they broke them into three different groups. The first group, they told them they had to track their workouts. So that's all they did. They just tracked them, what, when they worked out, what they did. The second group, they told them they needed to track their work up, uh, workouts as well, but they gave them an incentive. They gave them some motivation. 
They gave him books and articles and magazines and stuff to read on the benefits of exercising, things like it, it ho- uh, lowers heart disease, it, it uh, you know, helps you overcome obesity, and all these great benefits that come with exercising. So they had motivation involved. And then the third group, uh, they told them they had to track their workouts, but what they did with the third group is they told them that they had to pick a place and time where they were going to work out. So let me ask you, the three groups... Which group do you think had greater success at creating a habit and being able to stick with it? I want you to get this because this blew my mind. It revolutionized the way I think about habit formation in my own life. I I was surprised to find out that the first and second group had almost the exact same results. 35 to 38% of them developed a new habit and stuck with it. Which means, by the way, get this because this blew my mind. Motivation has almost zero effect on you creating a habit. And you need to know that because if you're like me, you're just like, I'm just going to motivate myself. I'm just going to get in there. I'm going to put my earbuds in and we're just going to do this thing. But it doesn't create habits. It has almost zero impact on helping you create a new habit. You can't just get motivated. The third group in this study, 91% of them started a new habit and they were doing it consistently. 91%. What did they do different than the other two groups? The answer is really simple. They just answered the question, I will uh, exercise weekly on this day, at this time, and this place. You know what they did? They made it obvious. They made it obvious. If you want to start a new habit this year, you have to make it obvious. And you can't just rely on motivation or goals. You can't just say, I'm going to do something. You have to pick a place and time. Most experts say that the two most common cues for habit formation are time and location. If you have a goal this year of exercising, you can't just say, I'm just going to exercise every day. You can't do that. But if you pick a time and a location, if you say, every morning at 6 a.m., I'm going to get up and I'm going to work out in the garage, guess what? you got a lot better chance of forming a habit. Habit formation isn't just about motivation. It's about making it obvious. It's about picking a place and time. Now, when we're talking about cues that, that kick us into a habit, we have to talk visual cues as well. Because one of the things that we're finding out, if you want to make it obvious, you have to make it visual. Uh, James Clear in his book, Atomic Habits, wrote, many people think they lack motivation when what they really lack is clarity. More than motivation, we need clarity. Why? Because the human body has sensory receptors. Uh, If you don't know, the human body has 11 million sensory receptors. Uh, Sensory receptors are things like touch, sound, sight, smell, all these different things. Um, These cues help us to do things. They, they, They spark us, they trigger us, they, they get us to, to act a certain way, to do certain things, and they're operating all the time. Uh, of the 11 million sensory receptors, let me ask you a question, how many do you think are linked to sight? This, this is so fascinating to me. Almost 10 million of the 11 million are dedicated to sight. Now, I think instinctively we know that. Uh, when, when I was in the snack food industry, we would pay more money for our product to be on the shelves that were on eye level or on an end cap. Why? Because we knew that if you put them on eye level, you got a better chance of your product being bought than if it was on the bottom shelf. Why? Because it's all about sight. Here's the point. Small changes in what you see can lead to big changes in what you do. So many of us, we need to start thinking about what we see if we're trying to form a new habit. If your goal this year is to eat better, guess what? you probably should take the cookie jar off the counter, right? That's easy. Just stick it somewhere where it's hard to get to, that you have to work to get to it. 
It's, it's so simple. If you have trouble remembering to take your medica- uh, medications, maybe put them somewhere visual, next to the sink, or maybe next to your bed with a glass of water so that you take it first thing in the morning. Um, I, I have trouble finding my keys. I can't ever find my keys when I want to go somewhere. And my wife got tired of going, I don't know where your keys are at. So she took a little basket and she set it right next to the door when we come in through the garage, and that's where my keys go. And you know what happens when I get ready to leave? I know where my keys are at. It's right there in that nice big uh, basket. It's so simple to make these things visual, but you, you, if you want to make them obvious, you have to make them visual because visual cues matter in a very, very big way. People who make it obvious and they make it in a visual, uh, visual, they increase their chances of creating a habit far higher than, and than most people. It's incredible what this does. So the first question I have for you today is, is as you think about that habit that you want to start to help you become who you want to be, how can I make this habit obvious? How do I make it obvious? Think about all the visuals that God gave us. I mean, he created us. He knows we're visual. He gave us things like the cross, baptism, communion, visuals that help us uh, to be reminded of how much God loves us and what he did for us. We have to make it obvious, and we have to make it visual if we want to make um, a new habit this year. The second thing, though, is we have to make it easy. You've got to make it easy. So often when we think about starting a new habit, we think that we have to make it all complicated. I think we make it harder sometimes than what it actually is. Uh, look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. It says, for my yoke is what? It's easy to bear. And my burden I give you is light. In, in this time when Jesus was talking, the Pharisees had taken what God had given them, and they had made it very difficult. They added in all these rituals and all these laws, and they made it more difficult than it was, what it was supposed to be. And Jesus is saying, look, my yoke is easy, my burden is light. When it comes to forming a habit, we so often think that we have to do something really big and dif- uh, difficult, and, and we make it complicated. Don't have to. Don't, don't start big. Start small. Make it easy. Because small habits are better anyway. Remember last week we were talking about atomic habits, what atomic means? Atomic actually means extremely minute, microscopic, and tiny. Start with a small change. And I would say this because many of you are going, well, I want something big. I don't think small is going to make that big of an impact. Don't ever underestimate how one small change done repeatedly can absolutely transform your life. That's said repeatedly, so I'm going to repeat it. Don't underestimate how one small change done repeatedly can absolutely transform your life. We know bad habits are easy to form, aren't they? I mean, it's easy to pick up your phone, start scrolling on social media and lose a few hours or turn on Netflix Netflix at night and lose an entire evening. That's so easy. Bad habits are easy to form. So when it comes to creating good habits, we need to make them easy so that we'll want to do them even when we don't want to, even when it's difficult. And now, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying only do easy things. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying when you start, make it easy. If you want to start reading the Bible this year, don't start by saying, I'm going to read two hours a day. Don't do that. Start with 15, start with five. Just start with five minutes. Make it easy. If you are making a decision this year that you want to share your faith more with people around you and you're going to invite people to come to church with you, Don't go out and invite the whole neighborhood at one time. You don't have to do that. Just start with the neighbor right next to you because the truth is life change doesn't happen when we do something big occasionally. It happens when we do something small consistently. Something small just over and over and over again. Consistency is the key because it helps reinforce who we want to be. It helps reinforce our identity. So the second question I have is how can I make this habit easy? 
How can I make it obvious? How can I make it easy? If you want to be consistent, if you want to keep doing it, you've got to make it easy. Remember, small changes transform your life. So we're going to make it obvious. We're going to make it easy. And then number three, this is a big one. You have to make it involve community. Now listen to me. I cannot, I cannot, I cannot overemphasize this point. Community makes all the difference in the world. Having people involved is critical to habit formation. Imagine if you decided you're going to work out this year and you signed up for a gym and you, you started going to the gym um, and the gym that you go to is different though. So you work out and, and all the other people in the gym, they just sit on couches and eat donuts, all right? So you're on the treadmill and you're just running along and you're looking to your left or your right and there's people sitting on couches and they're just cramming their face full of glazed donuts. How would that reinforce your, your new habit? How would that help you? It wouldn't, would it? Now you guys are laughing about that, but here's the problem, you ready? We do it all the time. Like, that's a stupid illustration, but we still do that in our lives. We say things like, I'm, I'm going to stop doing meth this year. I'm going to stop smoking pot. Who do we hang out with? The people that are still doing it. See, instinctively, we know what we're supposed to do, but we still make that same mistake over and over and over again in our lives. And the problem is, community drives accountability. If you want to have a better year, if you want to have a better life, if you want to become who you, you wrote down that you wanted to become, you've got to hang out with people that are like that. You've got to seek that type of community because who you hang out with makes a big difference in what you do and who you become. Almost every scientific study shows that we begin to imitate the behavior of those who are closest to us. And guess what? It's not just the science community. They're actually just agreeing with God and what he said in Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs chapter 13, verse 20 says, walk with the wise and become what? Wise. Yeah, associate with fools and get in trouble. And all of us would say, right on. Like, we know that's true, but what do we do in our own life? We, we violate this all the time. Now, I know some of you want to fight with me on this because you're like, wait a minute, I've got my own community. I already have community around me. And that might be true, but here's my question to you. Do you have the right community around you? Do you have a community around you that's reinforcing who you want to be? See, sometimes the best thing that you can do to start a new habit, uh, especially one that you want, to, you want to make part of your life, is to engage with a community that's already living out that habit. This is why being discipled and discipling someone is so critical. Let me ask you the question I've asked a thousand times. Do you have a discipler? Is somebody discipling you? If not, why not? You need a discipler in your life. Why? Because when you have a discipler, this is somebody who is instilling in you habits that help you to become more like Christ every day. And when you turn around and you disciple somebody else, you're doing the same thing for somebody else. This is critical. Having a community around you makes all the difference in the world. So the question, third question would be, how can I do this habit in community? Uh, uh, we need it obvious. We need it easy. We need it in community. And this is how you create a new habit, and you make it stick. So let me ask you the original question. Based on who you want to be, what's that one habit that you need to start this year? And how do you make it obvious? How do you make it easy? And how do you do it in community? Now, what if I told you there's a keystone habit that of all of us today committed to do, we're going to implement this in our lives, that by the end of the year, it would change all of our lives. Would you be interested in that? Because we know from all the studies that not all habits are created equal. 
We know that. Some, some habits are called keystone habits. If you don't know what a keystone habit is, a keystone habit is a small habit that creates a domino effect improving many other areas of your life. For instance, if you have a family that sits down and has dinner together every evening, that's a keystone habit. We know that from all the studies because the studies show that the kids that are involved in a family like that, when they sit down and have dinner every night, those children have better homework skills. Those children have better grades than their peers. Those children have higher emotional control than other kids. They have more confidence than their peers. And we could just go on and on. It's a keystone habit. Why? Uh, Because it's more than just sitting down and having food together. It affects other areas of life. If you exercise more than three times a week, we know that's a keystone habit. Why? Because it, it causes you to eat better. You don't want to eat that because you work so hard. You don't, want to, you don't want to undo all the work that you just did. You sleep better. You have a lower rate of high, uh, diabetes. You have a lower rate of heart disease. All these things come out of that. It affects more areas than just exercising. But the keystone habit that I'm talking about this morning is not exercising and it's not sitting around the table and eating. The one I want to share with you and challenge you with this morning comes out of 1 Timothy 4.8. It says, physical training is good, but training for godliness is much better. Promising benefits in this life and in the life to come. how, How would you not be interested in that habit? What I'm talking about this morning, the the keystone habit to growing in every area of your life is engaging daily in God's Word. Getting into God's Word every day. How do I know that? Psalm 119 says, Your Word is a lamp for my feet and a light into my path. God's Word lights up every area of your life. It it lights your path. It gives you direction and purpose. And it doesn't just affect good things. it, It keeps us from bad things as well. That same chapter, if you go back to verse 11, says, I have hidden your Word in my heart that I might not, what? sin against you. Uh, There was a reveal study that came out years ago that included 400,000 people in in over 1,500 churches across 50 states. It included every state in the United States, and they tried to figure out what's the number one indicator for spiritual growth. You know what they found out from the study? Daily engaging in God's Word. It was two times more catalytic than any other practice. It was absolutely amazing. There was another, another study that came out, and this involved people who engaged in the Bible at least four times a week. This isn't even every day of the week. This is just four times a week. If you read the Bible four times a week, you were 30% less lonely, had 32% less destructive thoughts and less anxiety. You were 228% more likely to share your faith. 62% less alcohol abuse, 59% less porn use, 45% less gambling. I mean, it just went on and on and on. The bottom line is this. A keystone habit to growing in every area of your life. If you really want to change your life, starting today, you need to engage daily in God's Word. You need to engage His Word daily. Let me show it to you in an illustration. Because uh, do you remember the definition that we gave keystone uh, habits? If you're, if you're worried about your purpose and direction in life, you're like, um, I just don't know what I should be doing. I don't know where I, I should go. I don't know how to live my life correctly. If you're worried about, uh, let's say, finances, not sure exactly how, how to handle my finances, uh, relationships, I'm not sure who I should be dating, uh, should, I, should I marry this person, or, or maybe it's a marriage issue, I'm, I'm struggling in my marriage right now, maybe it's anxiety struggling with anxiety for tomorrow or depression. Maybe it's work. I'm not sure exactly what I should be doing or how I should work my, you know, my job in a way that, that shows integrity. Maybe it's parenting. Maybe you have kids now and you're like, oh my gosh, I got these lives depending on me and, and I don't even know what I'm doing with my own life. Here's the deal. You want to create a habit this year that's going to change your entire life? When you get into God's word daily, 
That is a keystone habit that affects every other area of your life. This is how it works. And when you begin to get into God's word daily, his thoughts become your thoughts. His desires become your desires. Uh, You start to form your life around his plan for your life. It's amazing what happens. It, It just changes everything. Your life completely is transformed. Why? Because you're in his word daily. And it is so easy. This habit is so simple. But it's a keystone habit that affects every bit of your life. And I promise you, if you started this, you would be a completely different person at the end of this year. So if you want to commit to this, if you really want to start this keystone habit in your life, how do you make it obvious? How do you make it easy? And how do you do it in community? Well, I think I I just explained to you earlier, it's so simple. It's as simple as deciding on a time and place. That's easy. You you could say, I'm going to read my Bible for 15 minutes at 7 a.m. at my desk every day. That's all you'd have to say. 15 minutes a day, change your entire life. Crazy how simple this is. Uh, maybe it's, I'm going to read my Bible at night before I go to bed. Maybe you're a night person and you like it that uh, like to do it at night. Maybe that's, that's what you ought to do is make your bed in the morning and then take your Bible and place it on your pillow so that every night when you come into the bedroom, it's already there. You're ready to go. And it's a reminder, it's a visual cue of, hey, I'm just going to read my Bible tonight. Um, let me challenge you with this one. I bet nobody will do this one. You want to be so countercultural? Let me, let me share this one with you. Take your phone take all the apps on your phone and move them to a second screen. And the only thing you have on your front screen is the YouVersion Bible. That one little simple thing, it would be a reminder that I need to read the Bible before I go surfing on the internet or before I go to social media. That one little thing would change your life. I just showed you. It'll affect every area of your life if you'll commit to this one habit. Set a, set a reminder in your phone. An alarm that goes off at a certain time so that you'll remember, oh yeah, I need to read the Bible. I'm going to spend five minutes in the Bible today. It's as simple as that. Now, if you start this today, will you be changed by tomorrow? No. And I say that because I don't want you calling me tomorrow and going, hey, I read Genesis 1 and my life is still the same, right? I don't want you to do that. Remember what we talked about last week? There's this expectation, but yet there's this reality. It takes off slow. And that, that valley of disappointment, because thing, we're not seeing change fast enough, and so we give up. Don't give up. Stick with it. Because if you continue to, to stay in the Word of God daily, your life will change. There's a moment coming when you're going to start getting into this, and you're going to start realizing the wisdom and the knowledge and everything that comes out of Scripture and how it affects every area of your life if you don't give up. Maybe you're thinking, you know what, I'm just not a church person. I haven't really, you know, been exposed to the Bible or church. I don't know where to start. I'm not sure, you know, this big old book, where do I start? Um, Here's an easy one for you. Ready? You want to start a keystone habit that's going to affect your entire life? This is how easy this is. Do you know here at Mountain View Fellowship, we have a daily scripture reading that we send out by text every day. Pastor Mike has done an awesome job. He's our growth pastor. And if you text go to that phone number, he sends you a reading with a little thought or a question every day. It's that simple. I mean, isn't that crazy that you could say, I'll do that and my life will change completely. That's the promise that we get in Scripture. We know that if you go to meet with God, He's going to meet with you. This could change your life. My question, it's so simple. My question is, will you commit to it? Will you actually do it? See, because I believe that this is a keystone habit that will change everything. I believe it'll lead you to who you want to be, who God has created you to be. It'll help you become the person that God's called you 
to be. But my question is, will you commit to it? I want to pray for that. Would you join me in that? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now in this moment, just as your children. God, we desire uh, to be more like you. God, we want, uh, we want what's best in life. We know that you created us for something better. And yet, Lord, so often we leave you out of our plans and our decisions. This year, we're changing that. We want to chase after you with everything that we have. Lord, I pray that in this moment, as we talk about uh, who we want to be, who you've called us to be, and the habits that help us get there, I pray that, that you have just kind of instilled in us some ideas on what we can do this week, some actions that we can take to start moving in your direction, start becoming more and more like you. Lord, I just pray that those that are making that decision today, by the end of this year, that they'll look back and realize that this was a monumental decision, that they have grown closer to you, that they have just rested in your peace and your knowledge and your wisdom and your direction and, and all the things that come with this. God, and I pray that this continues to mold and shape us into the people that you've called us to be. We pray all this brings glory and honor to the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said.